0: doesn't matter where you are in the world or what your so- socioeconomic status is or if you've got a support system or if you don't you've got you've got plenty of support in books and there are countless examples of people who found power and found their ability to lift themselves up in getting this rich experience of reading and you and you don't have to finish that's the thing we're not getting a grade providing
1: inspiration and community for women in business of middle tennessee this is powered by her with tiffany Anton. welcome back to powered by her i am tiffany anton in the pod kitchen today and i have a co-host a new co-host um lisa yurk Thanks for co-hosting with me today.
0: I'm so excited. It's beautiful in here. <laughs> Thank you. This is you. just a great space for, it fits you.
1: I th- Well, and I think that this is, a, I'm just excited about this space in Cookville and, and being able to kind of have have more podcasts and have more people listening and doing this stuff. You have a podcast yourself.
0: It's, uh, well, this is just what Luke does in here in this kitchen. And it's it's amazing. We were
1: joking. So. I mean, I was hoping that we were going to come into bacon and eggs, but that I wasn't so lucky. It is an
0: actual kitchen.
1: It is an actual kitchen with a real, like, so that that
0: that's like the kitchen talk, you yeah, know, like yeah. gathering around and having the kitchen.
1: For sure, kitchen sitting group, around you know. the, the kitchen table is yeah. literally what we're doing. So, Lisa, you have been on Powered by Her before. Your episode was our first and only so far, let's say so far. Um, live studio audience. Oh, that was so awesome! It was such a. It great... was a highlight of my life. It was. That was a really probably mine too. It was I mean, such I a beautiful felt night, like Oprah. I felt like I just, you know, got to sit with, you know, an amazing guest and have all these people (laughs) sit and and listen. And um, we were over at the old Cookville Creative Studio over there. And it was just a really, it was a great time.
0: I just felt so elevated by the love. I mean, there were like 40 people and they came and it just, when you say powered by her, that moment for me personally felt so empowering. Well,
1: and the thing, one of the things I loved about it, and I am a very big advocate that powered by her. Does not mean we hate men, which sometimes can be women's groups kind of That's to raise women up. Sometimes feels like we have to put men down. Um, it was a mixed bag that I mean, it was let's be honest, it was mainly women, but, but there we were men of, there too. Then, yeah. And I loved bringing the community t- together. And mm-hmm. so I really love that. If you want to listen to that episode, it came out November 12th, 2021. So you can go back and watch, um, you can watch or listen. That was when I we did look. video podcasts. So um, go back and check out that that episode. Lisa is the author of America Becoming, the president of Franklin Fixtures, the founder of Plenty Bookshop, a nonprofit bookshop, one of the country's first. Is it the first? It's among the, it's among the first and the first to do some new tax code things as a nonprofit. Um, you have degrees. I, I stalked you on LinkedIn this morning. You have degrees from <laughs> TTU and Vanderbilt. You have like every degree imaginable, I think. How many degrees do you have? I have... I have
0: three, three and, okay. and then I did all um, all but dissertation for the PhD stuff. OK, so, so I just love to learn.
1: Three and, and on the way to a fourth, and so that's. Probably will never finish that. I mean, listen, it's three and three quarters. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that, that that's all that matters. Um, We're going to take a second and thank our partners. Plenty, the downtown bookshop, is a nonprofit space dedicated to your growth. One of the books mentioned today is Everything is Figure outable by Marie Forleo, who is famous for helping people, well, figure it out. And if you tell them you're powered by her, you'll get your choice of specialty chocolate, good food for your brain, and spirit in one shop on 48 West Broad at Plenty, the downtown bookshop. Sabrina Brazzle is the people's realtor of the Upper Cumberland. Recently named a mover and shaker in Cookville Lifestyle Magazine, Sabrina goes out of her way for her clients. Buyers and sellers both say that working with her is like gaining a friend you did not know you needed. While well, Sabrina may be one of the highest grossing agents of the area, her heart and passion are really what make her shine. Call Sabrina at 931-319-3812. I'm so appreciative of all the partnerships that we've had with Power by Her, Plenty being one of them. Yay. So, I am so excited about what we can accomplish mm-hmm. and 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 this partnership that we're starting and I'm I'm honored to have you here um and 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 have some good conversations today. The honor's mine. And I, I mean, think that this will yeah. be just the first kind of step of things. I oh, think I that so. there'll, yeah. be, there'll be a lot more along the way. I, I forgot in the intro, you do have a podcast as well, or a couple podcasts now.
0: I have a couple. Uh, we're In the book industry, we do a Tuesday Tweak. So we're trying to um, help independent bookstores all across the country do something small to really improve the way they do things. So I've been doing that about a year. And then we have one um, called the Count On Me Culture, which is about living in a permanent people shortage and the idea that we we didn't make enough people 30 years ago and that has dramatically changed the working landscape forever or at least for the rest of our lives. I think so it's some. Kind
1: of you don't topic. have a TED Talk yet. You've t- looked into doing a TED Talk. We're going to
0: have one, just I don't have the bandwidth. <laughs> I mean, yet, right
1: the, the thing, I, yeah. I feel like I could take 20 minutes to do um, your intro. Yeah, well, let's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so. But today, <laughs> the, we're going to start by talking about books. And so we were having, you and I were having that's a conversation true. last week uh, of just like, what are we going to talk about? Because I feel like we could talk about a million things and... Um, you're just, you're well-spoken and I love talking with you. And
0: me I, too.
1: and love I, you, you were kind of like, oh, I'm trying to figure out this tax code thing and I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I said, have you ever read the book? Everything is Figure Outable? Mm-hmm. And you had, had not, you'd had heard not. of it, I think. Yeah. And, um, I, Ashley, who's the manager at Plenty Bookshop, um, had given it to me a couple years ago and I had gotten through a, a chapter or two and I said, uh, I don't know if I could read it by the time <laughs> by the time we record, but I did. But it was sitting there on your shelf, it was, like osmosis. Yes, you touch it and you yes. kind of get little bits of it. Because yeah. you practice,
0: everything is figure outable.
1: Well, I think that a lot of people do. And there's yeah. a lot of steps in the book um, that it's just about kind of mindset. And I think with so many of these books, those who who are watching the video of this, Lisa's got a bunch of books scattered in front of her. Um, but about, a lot of it is just having the right mindset of believing you can take these steps forward and you can kind of change the way you go forward just by ingesting healthy, uplifting material,
0: I guess. It's, you know, we were talking, and what excites me, I've been doing research because of our nonprofit, and we're putting together the advisory board and that sort of thing, and I've been amazed at the data, the research, about how vital reading is. To all of us, for all all different ages and all different reasons, it, it, it's and so when we're talking about powered by her and women's empowerment, and it, it's, it's like reading is something we don't talk about a lot. I mean, we talk about books we we in, in passing, but if you look at really successful people, I mean, you know, Bill Gates yes. spends a whole month, and he goes with a stack of books. Yeah. Not oddly, the guy who's very techie. You know, he he pulls physical books in a stack. You know, I've got a thing, you know, Oprah, she's got a famous book club. Physical books Mm -hmm. all the time. And so I've been really curious, like, what is it about a physical book that is important? And, you know, gosh, the the data. Can I share some of the data? Yeah, yeah, let's go for it. So, like, if you want your child to hit a developmental milestone, um, according to the World Health Organization, there are three things you can do in this order. The first is read to them. Mm-hmm. and with them the second is feed them healthy food and the third is hug them oh look at that reading hits above r- food and, and, <laughs> and hugging <hugs. laughs> yeah who would have thought yeah. I, that totally surprised me and then when you look at adolescents adolescents who read like from a book achieve more and they've done a study with books in the home physical books in the home and a child who has 80 or more books in the home um does equally well with a child who has the child of parents with advanced degrees so if you have parents that don't have the benefit of advanced degrees or education but you have books in the home they have the same academic advantage that a child of advanced degree parents and guess what if the advanced degree parents don't have books in the home they're at a disadvantage from the child who does they did Hmm. 31 countries and looked at that it's a longitudinal study it's really important and then if you read you're two and a half times less likely to develop Alzheimer's or dementia likely to live 12 years longer (laughs) and it staves off depression. There's just all these things that we're learning about reading and reading a physical book that are important to us. So,
1: well, so I had a, I had a boss that I worked for. Um, it's not my current boss. Um, and when he interviewed me, he said, what was the last book you read? And I was like, uh, it was. I was in a book club. It was a some fiction book. Yeah. And he said, if you're not reading nonfiction books, you're not growing. And I oh, thought, what wrong. kind of a jerk is this? Yeah, it was um, kind of a
0: jerky thing to but
1: say. But I, and I hadn't really read nonfiction books mm-hmm. at that point. I was more of a fiction reader. Um, and then I started, I think when I got hired um, by Jeff Brown, he wanted me to read startup communities. He said, this is your homework. And I was like, this sounds wow. terrible. But yeah. it was just... I, I realized it's just um, information to digest and it just is about growing. And I think that that journey into reading is I, I think a lot of the women's self-help books can be often kind of similar uh-huh. of just you can do it, you know, go get out there, yeah. figure it out, you know. Um, I have you are a badass here with me too. Um, just those kind of motivational hype mm-hmm. up books. Um, but I think that kind of the refresh each time I read one it's like oh yeah you know there's other people that need this motivation and and I'm not alone in this and we all kind of feel like we need that extra boost sometimes and so as much as I hate to admit it he might have been kind of right like- well I you know I
0: you can go back to him the data suggests differently that fiction it turns out is as valuable for us as nonfiction, so fiction has a major role in alleviating de- or in giving people new ideas. I mean, think about what science fiction and fantasy gives us. gives us the opportunity to go explore all the problems that we have here in a whole different world. And I never read horror before because I was like, "Eh, I don't feel about horror. But then Grady Hendrix had How to Sell a Haunted House, and I got to meet him, and he's he's great. He's going to do a Netflix special, and it's really good. But I asked him, you know, why horror? What do you think it gives people? And he said, horror gives us a chance to voice our fears and deal with them. And, and it, it, you know, the worst thing that can happen and then we deal with it and it gives us a chance to process things. So fiction is, I'm gaining, I'm the opposite. I'm gaining, I used to be a nonfiction junkie, but now I'm like finding my way into fiction and going, wow, there are some beautiful things to be, the thing that's important about reading, I think, is that you can't give somebody a book. I mean, you can, you can gift someone a book and say, this meant a lot to me and maybe it'll maybe it'll spark you too, but the book finds you at the right moment at the right time. You know, people come into the Plenty Bookshop and it is the most amazing experience getting to open this bookshop in, in, in Cookville and see people come in. Well,
1: and your whole, um, kind of mantra with, Mm -hmm. with the bookshop is the life of Plenty and how these books kind of propel your life forward. How do you think, um, is there a book that you kind of feel business wise has been the most, most formative, which she's, as again, uh, she's got stacks of books in front of her. It's so hard. It's, yeah. I mean, I, I would think Okay, if I'm going to go to
0: most, you know, I'm going to go first, I'm going to go deep. So I'll go to man's search for meaning Victor Frankl. Okay. And when you talk about everything is figure outable, I mean, this guy was in Auschwitz and he was trying to figure out how to survive. Mm-hmm. And he did. And there is, there is no problem that you or I can imagine that is any worse than his. Sure. He has a Job yeah. story. You know, he's like right there. It's, you know, and he f- focuses on having shoelaces or on, on the psychology of, of these, these awful camps. But um, books like that, poetry, other things, they take you deeply into knowing what you know or what you believe in. And we always talk about in business that you can't do what you do unless you know your why unless you've really explored, even the book that you just read, um, with Marie Forneo, um, everything
1: for, for Leo, um, everything is figureoutable. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and and it starts uh, off
1: with about your belief and your you know, your belief set is your reality. Mm -hmm. And so what you believe, and, and I think that's a huge part of reading is putting yourself into that Place. And whether it's yeah. a nonfiction book where it's like, okay, everything, you can do whatever you believe you, you set your mind to and goal setting. Um, I do think those are, are very important in a business world mm-hmm. of having those kind of books where it's like, let's think about thinking. It's kind of thinking,
0: you know, well, that's why I love Malcolm Gladwell, you know, he thinks about thinking, he thinks about what people do differently. I've got outliers here, which is another one, which is like, everybody is in the bell curve. I feel like medically and otherwise I always end up somewhere did he out do Blink? here. Was he Blink, did Blink yes, uh-huh. and he, and he did, uh, how to talk to strangers and, uh, has a couple of new ones. He, he's, he's amazing storyteller. Yeah. And so what's beautiful about him is he tells stories, fiction. And, and in the telling of the story, then he draws us out and says, here's what we can take from it, and here's what I'm learning from it that is relevant to today. And there's data, so a, lot of data, of a lot of data with his A lot of data. He's very data, and I'm a data junkie, obviously. But I, I love, you know, I was, I was talking about how people come into the bookstore and they will confess. You know, it's like a confessional or something. They're like... I haven't read a book in 10 years, which really means they haven't read anything since they were assigned in like 10th grade. Yeah. Um, and then they faked it from there on, you know? yeah. because everybody, everybody knows kind of deep down that reading is good for us. It's like eating healthy food or something, you drinking know? milk. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, you just kind of sense that, that if I sat down with a book, that it would improve my focus and it does that it would help center me. And it does that it would help us our bodies settle down, our blood pressure settle down, everything. It would help us go to sleep. It would help us it, it help, and it does. It does all those things. So people come in and they're like, tell me a book that I should read. And the beautiful thing is, you know, being able to have those conversations, I will be like, well tell me about yourself. And people yeah. give me all this self disclosure, you know, like I'm newly divorced and it was abusive and this and that and I'm sick and all these yeah. things. And I'm like, well I let's let's look at some books. And inevitably what I suggest may or may not fit them. Yeah. But in the conversation, they go, Oh, this one found me. And when a book finds you, then whether fiction or nonfiction, and that's my biggest book advice is like, read the thing that draws you. If it's a picture book with captions, read that it's interesting
1: it. it's interesting so the a hot topic in the past couple of years has been the Enneagram and so many people are like oh I went online and I took a test and I did and I'm like you have to read the road back to you I swear by that book and I don't even remember I think it was Ashley again Ashley and I have book conversations yeah. together but I think she um had we we were talking about the Enneagram number and she, I said well I just think it depends on what phase I'm at in my life what kind of personality I have and she's like that's not how it is you have to read this book and you have to, you know, and, and I thought I was very interested in the Enneagram and I thought I'll read this book and I recommend it to so many people now where it's, um, I think it really gives some insight to me reading nonfiction books specifically helps me feel like I get insight into who I am or where I feel like I want to improve, how I want to grow, how I want to pivot. And I really like that. Um, one of the books that I read, um, was called Spark. That actually, um, Luke Ramey, who owns the Pod Kitchen, had recommended. And what I it, it's about working, like, um, kind of encouraging people to be leaders. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just so impressive um, from a leadership standpoint of like how do I always feel really insecure when it comes to my leadership skills and and trying to draw the best out of everybody who's kind of around me. Really, and That's it funny. was just so um, it was formative to me of, of how to kind of run, run, you know, something. So I,
0: well, what did, what do you find yourself taking away with that? You're referencing it today. How long ago did you read it?
1: Oh gosh, a couple of years ago,
0: a couple of years ago. So, but
1: I think I, I, we have interns that come through uh-huh. and, um, and I really felt like, how do I get to draw these interns or younger people that we have working for us sometimes um to feel like they're a part of this team and that they're you know I think sometimes we put people in these positions and we think oh you're a leader so you should just be able to do this or you know this so you know you can lead this project and it's like well if that's not what their skill set is or that's not you know kind of Mm -hmm. tapping into to what um what what people's abilities and yeah. talents are. Yeah, I've got
0: I've got. Discover Your Strengths here by Don Clifton. That's one of my favorites. Which we're going to talk yeah. a little
1: bit more about that in the next episode so you can listen to next okay. week yeah, too. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so, so so you so you, you hit
0: Spark mm-hmm. and it's still sparking yes. two years yeah. later. Yeah.
1: Because you read it in a physical book? I did read it, read it in a physical book. It's interesting that you talk about the physical book. You keep going back to that. You know, there's Kindles and all that kind of stuff in this day and age and audio books. People say that a lot. I remember I walked into, um, I was going to go to on a beach trip and I went into plenty and I said, I want a a book, just a nonfiction or a fiction book to read at the beach. Um, and I picked the book based on the feel of it in my hand. Like Mm. it was soft cover. I really like Mm. soft cover. Um, it's really interesting. It's, it's interesting. And there's data there too.
0: Kids, adolescents absorb 43% more when they read on paper than on screen. It's it's a major study and really kind of troubling because we do all of our testing on screen now. And uh, which is that's a whole interesting story problem for another day. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting with audiobooks too, when you're listening to an audiobook, and you know, the other day I, I started listening to your podcast, and as I'm listening, it's on the it's in the background, you know, and I'm doing these other things. And then I, I stopped and I said, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna listen. And so I shut everything off, I shut my eyes, and I just listened. And there's a whole different level of absorption, but we don't usually give ourselves that gift. When mm-hmm. you're holding a book, your hands are occupied, <laughs> mm-hmm. you are fully focused, and you are giving your brain the, the. so in, on the brain scan, if you're watching a book online, or if you're listening to something or doing social media, there's this part of your brain that lights up that's about what lights up when you open a can. You use a can opener. It's a Mm -hmm. mechanical piece. When you read a book, it's like when you have a deep conversation or you fall in love or something. You see lighting all over the, the brain in an MRI. It consumes your brain. It feeds you dopamine and serotonin and those happy hormones that you can't get, happy chemicals that you can't get, if you're not fully focused and you it's know, so a screen, you know, we tend to scroll, we distract ourselves well, like
1: crazy. And I've read that uh, uh, 10 minutes of screen time, I think 10 to 20 minutes of screen time is the equivalent of drinking a cup of coffee. Yeah. And so how often is that the last thing we do be- mm. before we go to bed is we scroll through our screen, you know, screen yeah. and, and, and who they, wants to drink a cup of coffee <laughs> before you go to bed? That's Well, a- and they've done research now that if
0: you will give yourself 15 minutes, um, before bed and read, turn off your technology and read, Mm -hmm. you sleep a lot better. Um,
1: I, and I'm a huge advocate and, and kind of the thing about books and you were talking about kind of overall health and, you know, academic excellence that, Mm -hmm. that comes from reading. But I think, I mean, sleep is part of that. And so to me, I've been trying to kind of focus a little bit more on reading before I go to bed so that I do get into that mindset of like relaxing. And, um, I'm a, I'm a really big Great um, person to read the first four chapters of a book and sure, stop. Sure, fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and you know when you do, you've absorbed those four chapters.
0: So yeah. w- we put this pressure on ourselves that we've got to finish, which is one of the reasons that poetry is so. Uh, amazing, profound, and popular right now is because people like I can read a poem. Dave and I get up in the morning. My husband Dave and I, and we we read. We're reading a little bit of Stacy Schiff so we read a couple of pages of something that we really like. Stacy Shift wrote uh, the Great Improvisation about Ben Franklin. And you know, I'm a fan, but we also have this book we're going through that's, that's quotes and he reads a page and I read a page. And you read it together? We read it together. And so we, we, we star the quotes that we, that we love. And Mm -hmm. now we're going back through the book and we're kind of rereading some of those quotes. And we find something usually in that, that sparks the day. And it's not, it's something that we easily finish you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. containable. It takes about 10 minutes and we're together doing it and it feels good. I mean, it's you know, kind
1: of I, um, and I used to think that the world would never shift, but my kids, I always read to them before bed. Uh-huh. And if, if for some reason they made maybe bad choices as we were getting ready for bed, they would lose their book privileges. And it was world war three. Like they would lose their minds. Like I can't sleep without a book. Um, and so I thought, I can't imagine ever not reading to my kids and now I have a 13 year old and we read I read to her babysitter club books oh, before wow. bed. That's so cool. And a lot of times I you've mean you've read to her her whole life. Her whole life before oh, bed. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times well I I just read a chapter but then the conversation for whatever reason there's something about that time we spend together and, you know, a chapter of a, a, a babysitter's club book is maybe 10 minutes to, to read to somebody else. But then that spurs a lot of other conversations mm-hmm. between the two of us. Because you're
0: focusing, you're focusing deeply. And, you know, when, when children have been exposed to reading by the age of three, you know, their, their success is exponentially more likely in every subject. For the mm-hmm. rest of their lives, and so, and and did you know that sixty percent of poverty households don't have a single book, mm. not one. Yeah, and and so the Imagination Library that Dolly Parton does, we like to say that this bookstore is like Dolly Parton and Mister Rogers had a baby in in, in Cookville, yeah, <laughs> and uh, in, or in Switzerland. But what you've given her by reading every night is such a powerful together time. You know, I remember reading late nights with my grandmother. We spent the night on the weekends. My grandmother was an English teacher. She came from a real pop, poor background, but, um, she elevated, she taught for almost 50 years and, you know, she always had, she was my inspiration for plenty in some ways because she said, you know, always plenty of room at the table, plenty to do, but always plenty of time for students, plenty of time to do all these extracurricular things and plenty of time to read at night. I wanted to read aloud and I remember how proud yeah. she was when I wanted to read the book instead of her, her reading yeah. to us, um. But I love doing the characters and all those kind of things. And I remember that so deeply. We yeah. remember... Books more deeply than anything else. It's
1: so true. So my seventh grade, which by seventh grade, nobody's nobody's reading to a seventh grade. I mean, like I said, my 13-year-old, I still read to her, but that's it's not as common. It's and, not very common. But uh-huh. um, my seventh grade teacher used to read to us for like 10 minutes at the beginning of class every day. I can still remember the way her, she would lick her fingers as she <laughs> turned the pages. And I, I remember yeah. like just the way her mouth formed over certain words. And I just remember such a feeling. At that time, it was just a, a chance for us to kind of stop you know seventh grade is stressful and there's yeah. a lot going on this was the year of the oj simpson verdict coming okay. out i remember <laughs> watching that on tv in her class yeah. but i just remember so much of her reading to us and yeah. so
0: well it's 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 powerful and it's vital i did a thing called a vital bookstore some years ago at the javits center and because a having books in your life I never appreciated how vital it is and as a business person you know when I need perspective when Dave and I need encouragement or perspective we can find it in a quote we can find it in a book we're we're you know rereading how Ben Franklin did what he did in France and how he you know went in there and, and the great improvisation is exactly everything is figure outable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he didn't have any of the skills. He didn't have the language. He didn't have the thing. He didn't know what, how to go raise a whole bunch of money. He didn't, you know, so when we're really stuck, sometimes we can go to nonfiction and we can get like Donald Miller and building a story brand yes. gives a lot of very practical, you know, I love practicing what he suggests, but then there are others that are, you know, like the good life, which is the new Harvard study of health and human happiness, which is all about, the importance of relationships and such gives me perspective about why I'm doing what I'm doing. And again, as entrepreneurs, as businesswomen, we want to think about our why. And, and re-root in that all the time.
1: Well, and I think with books, fiction and nonfiction, it kind of can give you an escape sometimes. So a lot of times, yeah. let's say, okay, I'm reading a fiction book and it's about, you know, a beach story. And it's, How did you love your beach story, by the way? I didn't finish it. You I didn't, finish didn't read well, enough at the beach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I did like the way it felt, and yeah. I've gone back to it a few times. Okay. But, um, but I think that it kind of gives you an escape. But I think that the same can be true for nonfiction books when it comes to your business as well so there are people who don't have the community and the network of people we're we those are people who are not listening that or who are listening that don't live in cookville we were it's magical here (laughs) like people would probably say don't move here because we got a lot of people coming in but i would say move here it's magical there's great networks of people but there's not always not everybody knows how to find that network Mm -hmm. and so when you are looking at how do I make a happier life for myself? Mm -hmm. It still kind of offers an escape. It offers a path.
0: You know, for whatever prison people are in, and it doesn't matter where you are in the world or what your socioeconomic status is, or if you've got a support system or if you don't, you've got, you've got plenty of support in books and there are countless examples of people who found power and found their ability to lift themselves up in getting this rich experience of reading. And you, and you don't have to finish. That's the thing. We're not getting a grade. No one's coming in behind us and saying, did you read all the chapters? I mean, if you read two chapters, and it, yeah. or one chapter, or three pages, and it meant something to you, that is your three chapters more than you were before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the thing about a book that you own, that you have in your home, that you have in your office and you you can go back and you do go back to it Mm -hmm. and it's, and you mark it up and you use your hand and, and it uses different parts of your brain. It's just such a, it's an important part. I think of every, um, every person's path, is and and it's one that we've lost touch with a little bit because we read so much on our phones, and I mm-hmm. do it too. I totally do it. Yeah. Um, we we have the sense that we're reading and we we're skimming, you know. We're not this this In, reading. Experience ingesting is really it. Yeah, yeah, ingesting. Just like listening to a podcast and doing something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm gonna listen, I, I did a speech for a group of Japanese um, businessmen one time a great big room and as I was talking the whole time I was talking they were sitting with their eyes shut and I was like does that mean I put the ball to sleep or what you know and and later someone told me no this is a form of deep respect
1: oh wow they're concentrating on what
0: you're saying I'm like sure okay my Uh, mom was like yeah you believe that but but this idea of concentration well and it is
1: interesting because I I will think that too if I I listen to a podcast where it's I'm not, I'm doing other things. Uh, you know, 10 minutes will go by and I'm like, I don't know what that just happened. What did they just say? I'm a yeah. big, I drive, I listen while I drive right. and that's a lot easier for me, which maybe is not as safe. For the well, and it's sort of in between
0: because, you know, you can get really into a book on tape or a book on not tape anymore, but you know, uh, <laughs> we're dating, dating, ourselves. dating myself. I record <laughs> things, I tape things, but anyway, you can listen to a book while you drive. You kind of zone out into one of those. Can you rewind this, please? <laughs> yeah Yeah, you can you can go you can go back and you can get so i I think that's better because you're just doing one thing Mm -hmm. um but our brains aren't really designed to do two things at the same time Mm -hmm. our bodies heal one thing at a time our bodies focus on one thing at a time and our brain does too Mm -hmm. um so to give ourselves and i am a huge i try multitasking um but dave gets really um uh, he doesn't like it when I'm like, you know, <laughs> like looking at my phone when he's talking to me. I'm like, right. I can hear you. I know right. what you're saying. Right. He's like, I don't think I have your attention. Right. And you know, when, you, when you're dealing with right. your kids, yeah. you know, you yeah. know, if if you're giving your kids some complex instruction and their whole time they're like answering mm-hmm. their friends on text, you know, you'd be like, they're
1: not listening. It's, it's usually the reverse. They're talking to me <laughs> and I'm doing other things. So, um, so for real quick, how, what was your initi- initiative or what was your thoughts on having the nonprofit bookshop? So you said that this is not, a common thing so why why did what was the heart behind that well um, bookshops don't
0: open because they want somebody wants to get rich and the reality is that it's book shops bookstores uh, independent bookstores across America there's a real neat couple of studies that one that's Harvard's done that says that when you put a bookstore in the other area economies or the the other area retailers experience a boost that is different than if you put another kind of business in. So um, a lot of communities are like actively recruiting bookshops in their walkable downtown, which is very exciting. Um, but it's very hard for those small stores to find a sustainable model. And when you do book browsing, which is really what it's designed to do, you're like deeply looking at things and experiencing, and letting something talk to you. It's not about buying so much as it is about browsing and letting something speak to you. It's its a hard economic model because it's not mm-hmm. just about turning books over. It's really about a book experience, walking in and feeling the books around you and, and doing those. So we wanted the freedom to, to, to cultivate a book culture and to create that experience, make this a literary hub so that we really connect with the schools and the libraries, we can get grants. And in fact, we've gotten a grant for the next three years. That's pretty exciting. It's going to help us not have to need rescue because that, that's, that's the story across America. A lot, of, a lot of bookstores, every three or five years, they need a rescue and they get a big crowdsource and save the bookstore because it's really a community community. It belongs to not me or Dave as founders. It belongs to the community. It doesn't belong even to Ashley, who wanted to own a bookstore. Ashley Michael, she's managing it, but she's graciously said, you know what? It doesn't have to be mine. It's ours. And so being a 501c3 makes it an entity of its own. And so let me illustrate. At the first day we opened um, on our new Broad Street location, this lady who's, who's been in, she's a customer, and she loves puzzles. And she had done this huge thousand-piece dog puzzle and had it framed and matted. And she comes in and brings it in to, to Plenty and offers it up. And it's like, you don't do that into regular department stores <laughs> a regular store okay, yeah. She's like, I had this framed and matted for you for the new store. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Um, and we mentioned to another guy, Ethan, that we needed a bike or wanted a bike. And he immediately comes here's my grandfather's bike that he raced in in 1994. It's a family heirloom and I Mm -hmm. want it to be part of the store. It's in part of the store. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a mentor of mine, uh, Lanny Knight, and I I mentioned to him that I was inspired by this poster in his office that said, every man can make a difference and everyone should try. And he said it should say everyone. Um, It was a John F. Kennedy poster with a big sailboat. And I told him how much I remembered that. And I said, this is my opportunity to make a difference in our community. This is what we're about. and the next day, he pulled that off his wall and brought that great big print mm. <laughs> over to us 30 years after I saw it in his office. I mean, and, it, and he said, this is where it's home now. And, and it's sitting in the store. Countless stories of people offering themselves up because it really is the act of community creating a bookshop and cultivating this love of books. And that's why it's important that it be a nonprofit because it needs to be ours. It can't belong to anybody.
1: hmm I love yeah. that. Well, and like I said, um, you are, are the f- uh, president of Franklin Fixtures, and so you were, that's kind of your business, um, uh, a for-profit business. Well, it's
0: technically for-profit. Dave and I, um, you know, Dave and I came together kind of late in life, and we thought, what's the biggest thing that we can do together? Um so this is retirement for us. <laughs> this yeah. is refinement. We call it refinement. We don't yeah. believe in retirement. So we set out to bring manufacturing to Cookville and, um, and found, fell in love with this company that was all about literacy. It was Franklin fixtures on Cape Cod and you shouldn't fall in love with the company that you're going to buy. Anyway, it was a bad vent- business venture that we've had to kind of cultivate and turn into something that is sustainable. But um, we moved it for the purpose of economic development, and we work with uh, several, a couple of recovery houses, and work a lot on people development. It's our mission. We don't, we don't take anything personally from it, um, and our hope. We have this big 111-year plan, that our hope is that it's going strong long after we're gone. Yeah. And that all the things we're doing now, are part of that. So it's it's really so freeing for us to live in this purpose because you know we have our, what we need, and. And now this cool opportunity for through people like you and I mean with the work you're doing is to is to get to pull together with other people who are trying to lift things up. And um, and Dave and I, yeah, we we have a, a unique partnership that's going to be fun to talk about. But um. yeah, we're going to talk about that in the next episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I uh, I mean, we could talk about I, you and I could talk about anything forever, um, I'm sure. Um, I but I, I think that's i love your your take on books and i mean i think that there's we we could go on for hours and hours and hours but i'd love to hear other people's um kind of favorite books and i think that that kind of pushes people along as well as kind of other recommendations from people we're inviting
0: people to come into plenty and and write a shelf talker which is a little snippet of i love this book because it changed my life and you know sign sign it and let us carry that book and and that way, we're having a conversation as a community. We, you know, about not only business books but fiction books, because when we share the books that shaped us, um, we're really sharing ourselves. Yeah. And it's a way of encouraging each other. It's a beautiful thing.
1: Well, I appreciate you coming in today. If you want to find Lisa, Plenty Bookshop is down on Broad. Um, how else can people connect with you on social media? Yeah,
0: the Plenty Bookshop. Plenty is Plenty Bookshop in uh, Instagram or um, or Facebook is, is a good place for Plenty Bookshop. And to find me, um, I'm at you can also go to FranklinFixtures and that's that's where I am. But I'm I'm, awesome. I'm I'm a lot of different places, a lot of different You places, are but. a lot of different
1: places and, and I think one of the biggest things um, and that's kinda where we got kind of the topic of everything is figure outable is that there, you you people saying this has not been done before or we don't know how to do this that doesn't stop you it's like okay well then what we, we got to figure out how but to do that
0: we all hit those roadblocks every single day yeah. and and i think the difference in folks i see that that are incredibly successful and happy is that they just see a roadblock and go, okay, I got to figure that out. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about books and all of the resources we have at our fingertips is that we can learn stuff and, mm-hmm. and everything is figure outable. I, mean, yeah. I love that we've made that a theme. I, I and, know. and thank you for pu- pulling me into that book. Cause yeah. I, cause I'm really enjoying it. And, and, uh, the, orange alarm clock and all that kind of stuff yeah. it, it's a and 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 one of the things that she says is if you think you already know this stop yourself because if you think you already know this you are stopping yourself from learning so even if you've heard it before even if you've read it before let yourself absorb it a new.
1: For sure. Yeah. And well and that was as I was reading it, um, I when Girl Wash Your Face came out with Rachel Hollis, I really liked that. I really like took in so much of that. And then when I started reading this, I was like, Yeah, it's kind of similar, but but I thought it's a fresh take. And so Mm -hmm. instead of reading the same book again, it's okay to read something that's similar and a fresh take on something and just kind of growing and and how to propel yourself as a a leader or a business owner or a wife or a mother or, you know, any of those things. It's kind of a a fresh take to propel yourself forward. I
0: think we can learn from you because you are insatiably curious And I've always said that great leaders ask great questions and you ask great questions.
1: Oh, well, I appreciate that. And thanks for tuning in. Lisa will be back next week. And so you can um, listen to the episode next week.